Hi, and welcome to Parenting Today for Tomorrow podcast. My name is Josh Canaram. I'm one of the pastors here at Valleydale Church, and we are so excited that you've joined us on this journey through parenting. Our goal is simply this, to help you navigate the craziness that it is raising a child in this world. Our mission here at Valleydale is simple. We are generations helping our busy community know Christ and live for Him. And that's what we want to do. We want to help you raise a generation that knows Christ and lives for Him every day. Along the way, if you have any questions, we would love for you to send those on to parenting at valleydale.org. We would love as a staff or or, uh, as pastors to answer those questions. Also, in a future episode of the podcast, we'll be dealing with those big issues that you have in mind. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Welcome to the newest installment of the Valleydale Church Podcast Universe. Uh, This is an exciting time. We're kicking off a new podcast that is focused on parenting. And this is going to be a really great opportunity for those of you who are just looking to to add some tools to your toolbox of how do we how do we parent how do we how do we parent in a, in a Christian atmosphere and we're going to look at different aspects of that. My name is Josh Canaram. I am the student pastor here at Valleydale, and I'm really excited to be able to host this podcast as we dig into some different topics. Throughout each week, we're going to address particular issues of parenting and discipleship, and I think you're going to be blessed by it. Uh, this morning or t- today, we are uh, joined by uh, Barry. And uh, this is uh, Dr. Barry Chesney, for those of you uh, scoring at home. And uh, he is our discipleship pastor, been here about a year, Mm -hmm. and has done a phenomenal job in uh, just bringing a great discipleship culture to this church, from our life groups to our age group ministries, uh, organizing our volunteer work. So it it has been a blessing. And uh, he's also a parent of uh, five children. Five children. Five children. So if anybody can be an expert the hard way, (laughs) that is the way to do it. So uh, It's really funny. I I was... Consider myself an expert before we had children, and then once we started having children, I yes. just realized I don't know anything. About I think parenting. by the time I'm 80, I will know I know nothing. It's yeah. just a diminishing of, of knowledge. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, but great. And so we're excited. Uh, today, the topic that we're looking at is this idea uh, of the culture, the discipleship culture in a home. And uh, I think this is so important because it's the foundation. Yeah. This is really what we're, we're talking about when it comes to uh if you're going to disciple children, you've got to have that home culture foundation started. It can't happen anywhere else outside of that. And so uh, let's just kind of kind of jump in. Why does our home's culture matter? Yeah, it's a great question. So in honor of the, uh, the baseball playoffs right now, I'll give you an illustration. Several years ago, uh, you know, there's some big market teams like New York Yankees and others that have these really high payrolls. Well, the Kansas City Royals are a small market team, low payroll. They, they just can't compete money-wise with some of these other teams. So they said, you know what, we can't, we can't win by dollars, but we can win with our culture. Mm. And so what they did, they looked at their roster and they realized we have a lot of young players with young families. Mm. And they started doing things as, as an organization to invest in those young families. And so they won the World Series in 2015. And after the game, I believe it was the general manager that said, hey, we win with culture. Mm. And so there is a home field advantage when you are – a parent, you follow God's word, and you build a culture that honors the Lord and follows his plan. And so there's a book that, that we, we talked about, I looked at this summer, called The Culture Code. And it talks about, the culture comes from the Latin word cultus. Mm. And there are several different meanings of that term, but one of the meanings, it means to labor or to cultivate. And so uh, culture is something that we do, the book says. It's not just something that we are, but there are certain things that we do, like you cultivate your garden. So if you're going to cultivate, 
uh, you want to have a home culture that honors God, there's certain things that you have to do. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Uh, we talked about this. So a lot of the presentations that will be in this podcast were actually taught on a midweek. And uh, in, that, in those sessions, one of the first things you talked about was uh, when we begin to create the culture in a Christian home, it, it really begins with that relationship between the husband and wife. And yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I looked at Colossians 3, and, and that chapter really is about uh, the new life as a Christian. So, you know, where Paul says, put on kindness and humility, and you should be forgiving, and you should be grateful. Mm-hmm. Those are just, that, that, those, those characteristics should mark a Christian, because yeah. we're changed, and we're filled with the Spirit, hopefully. And then he goes on to talk about uh, the husband and wife relationship. And so he gives the wife one command. He said, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. And so and that word submit means to order yourself under a leader. It's, it's a voluntary thing. He says, wives, in order to have order in the home, just voluntarily order yourself under your husband since he is the spiritual leader. And then um, the second thing, so the wives had one command, but the husbands have two. He says, husbands, love your wives. That's, this is that agape self-sacrificial love. You know, cherish, honor, love your wives. Yeah. And then the second thing, which is so crucial, and, and especially when you have young children, this can happen. It says, um, uh, and do not be harsh with them. Husbands, don't be harsh with your, with your wives. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked to that word means to be, to, don't be embittered. Don't be angry at your wife because mm-hmm. that's the opposite of a loving husband. Yeah. And so when, when you have angry husbands and, and, and uh, frustrated wives, that, that's not a good home culture. And so uh, Paul says the first thing, follow God's plan for, um, for uh, follow God's plan for your marriage, and that will create this healthy home culture. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see that in relationships, you know, the, the struggles, the, some of the, the families that, that really struggle are the ones where the parents just aren't on the same page. You That's know, right. they're having a hard time communicating, they're having a hard time uh, just really leading with any purpose or direction because mm-hmm. they, they just, they're fighting amongst themselves, much less trying to lead these, their children on there. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, when we talk about the, this idea of submission and, and sacrifice, uh, it's just a perfect picture uh, of what Christ has done for us. And so yeah. even in that, we're already modeli- modeling this Christ-like character for our children, and they yeah. get to see that, and they can, they can grow from that. Uh, well, tell me a little bit. So the second thing we talked about was this idea of, of marriage, uh, the, the marriage relationship being the primary relation. I don't, I don't think that's always, always true. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit later mm-hmm. about this idea of have a child-centered home and, and how that can be a struggle. But, but talk a little bit about how do we how do we prioritize the marriage relate the husband and wife relationship for those for those families who have a have a husband and wife in the home. How, how do we how do we prioritize that relationship? How do we manage that mm-hmm. to where it um, it is the center and not not left behind or or, or kind of left to wither on the vine. Yeah, so it's, it's, it is interesting that Paul addressed the wives and husbands before he addressed the children. And you, if you go all the way back to Genesis, there's Adam and Eve, they were not created with children. They were created as a couple. And then the, the children came later. And so um, that just talks about the importance of the priority of the husband and wife relationship. And just the natural, as you know, Josh, the natural gravity of life pulls you toward a child-centered mm-hmm. Uh, home Absolutely. because you give all so much of your energy, your time, your resources. It goes to the kids, yeah. and at the end of the day, you just I just want to go to bed. You yeah. know, and and, it, and that's one of those things where it's not just one phase. I think if you have a young child, you think, hey, this is gonna this season will be over. We'll finally get back on track. We'll mm-hmm. we'll have meals together all the time. But right now, it's just crazy. Uh, well, that, it it turns out every phase of parenting seems to be pretty. 
pretty wild. There's, there's just always kinds of commitments. There's homework. Yeah. There's, I thought that once we got kids in, in the older grades, uh, so I have a, I have a fifth grader and a seventh grader. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, by now they can do their homework on their own. They can manage their own schedules. Well, no, that, that is not the case. Not yeah. because they're not <laughs> trying, but just because there's so much. And, yeah. uh, and so here, here we are in a new phase of life, but still just as busy. And, yeah. and we have to be really intentional uh, about that. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. The, the, uh, the guy that discipled me in college used to say, the man you are now is the man you're becoming. Mm. In other words, as now, so then. So if, if you're not, if you're not um, setting the priority now when the kids are young, that yeah. the marriage is the priority, it won't be that way later. Yeah. It, just natu- it always pulls toward a child-centered home. And so we, we, one of the things we, we talked about two ways, like how, how do you know? Like, how do you know if you have a child-centered home? Because yeah. some may may think, well, that's not what I want, but how do I know? Right. Uh, we said there, there are a couple things. Uh, one, if you cannot remember the last time you and your spouse had quality time together, mm. you know, it, it could just be a quick lunch away or maybe just be a walk around the neighborhood, just something simple but but meaningful. Yeah. And if, if you think, well, I can't remember the last time we, we had that time together, mm. then that, that's a pretty good indication, at least in this season of your marriage, you're – your, your home life, your, you have a child-centered home. And then the second thing was if your children are making decisions that affect the whole family. Yeah. And this could be trips to school to sports, so many different areas. Um, and so I'm not saying you don't include or you, you want their input. You right. value their – you want to make decisions in light of their abilities and all those kinds of things. But mom and dad make those decisions, right. not, not the child. Yeah, and that's – that's exactly right. That for us, we are fortunate. I'm fortunate to just live around the corner. So we we have, in our family, the way we live this out is uh, my wife and I. We try to have lunch at least once a week, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. fortunately, my schedule. Not everybody's schedule can work like that, but once mm-hmm. a week, we try uh, to just have lunch because it's it's kid free zone, and it's amazing yeah. how much conversation you can have in a kid free zone. It's amazing how little conversation you can have. With, uh, with, you know, when we're running out and, and there's just lots to talk about at home. But uh, it's such a nice time, kind of break that time down. And then date nights, I know a lot of people do date nights, yeah. uh, just find it, trying to find that space. Because if you wait till the end of the day to try to have conversations, somebody's going to be asleep or somebody's just tired of talking. Yeah, uh, my, right. Our children use a lot of words, and, uh, which is great. Love it. One day they won't. But, uh, but mm-hmm. hey, it is Sometimes it's not the right time to talk. You know, one of the questions, we had a Q&A at the end, and one of the questions was, how, how can my, my spouse and I make time at the end of the day yeah. to, to communicate? And one of the, our panelists said, hey, don't, don't wait till the end of the day. Right. You know, oh, like yeah. it starts early in the day. If, it may just be even, you know, if one spouse has to leave early, it may just be a text message or mm-hmm. a call at lunchtime. Or, so it's, it's all throughout the day. Uh, it's not just... Okay, it's nine o'clock now. We can communicate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it if you we we talked earlier uh, today actually in a meeting we talked about hey if you don't schedule something it's not going to happen and so even scheduling things scheduling mm-hmm. date nights scheduling time to be together that is so important because otherwise it, it's not there's there's enough whirlwind of life that is going to take over and that is is going to fall the wayside. Uh, I wanted to press on this idea of the child center. I know this is this seems to be the era of child activities yeah. and activities don't just take like one night they take a lifetime it seems it takes it takes so much energy there's practices there's performances there's fundraisers there's out-of-town trips uh how do you how do you manage that i I know uh you have you have five kids uh Mm -hmm. several playing sports right now what's an example maybe that you have found that to manage the pressures of all the time that is out there yeah well we we haven't always done that well but um what, what we're currently doing 
Um, we, we try to limit really to just one or two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously our youngest is, is five months, so he's, he's, not, he's not too active right now. Not yet, but, but you got to start him early. So, that's right. You know. yeah. So we, we just decided – we have three boys playing flag football now. Yeah. So we, we just chose a league that it's – a, it's, a, it's a city league, but it's one that they just have the, day, the practice and the games on the same day. Yeah. And so that was just a simple – it made sense for us. It may not work for every family, but yeah. um, instead of having multiple nights and different leagues and driving all over the place, we just felt like, you know, for this season of life with a baby at home, yeah. it just made sense to, you know, if they're going to play in the NFL one day, then yeah. they'll still develop their talents. But um, but for right now, this, this is just a mom and dad decision. This yeah. is what works for our family. Yeah, I, I see this in so many families. As a student pastor, I think – uh, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it does feel like parents kind of operate out of this fear that their child's going to miss out on something. Mm-hmm. And, and so rather than allow them to miss out on something, they just they just fill their entire calendar with activity. And the problem is that as we're talking about this home culture, well, they're never at home. And, and so mm-hmm. they don't even get to live out that home culture. They don't mm-hmm. get to see the day-to-day life. They don't get to have those conversations that are so important to pop up because they're just running from practice to practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a quick handoff on the on the team, you know. They drop the kid off for the football game. They got to get the the daughter to dance class, and they're going to pick up. And uh, sometimes they forget they haven't fed the kid dinner yet. So it's just you know it, that's life, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, and right. uh, as parents, you have to be able to pick the choice, you know, pick the path because the kids don't know how to pick the path. That's they, right. they don't have the wisdom. They haven't lived the, the, those times, and so the parents have to definitely decide the path. So that's that's great. Um, well, there's a, there's one other element in terms of culture and home, and let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, we talk about engaging the minds and the hearts of our children, mm-hmm. and I think that is that is so true, and not just the minds, but also the hearts, mm-hmm. and not just the hearts, but also the minds. And how do you how do you kind of work that out in a practical way as a parent? Yeah, so so that this comes from Ephesians six four, where it says, "Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger." And um, one source I read said, but when fathers is in the plural, that's it's applying to moms and dads. So, um, so just moms don't think, well, okay, that's it's not my responsibility. It's, it's moms and dads. So do not do not make your children angry, uh, is what it means. And so you may wonder, well, what what do I do that makes my child angry? Um, I read this. What makes teenagers the angriest? is having to navigate through a world without adequate direction from their parents. Hmm. When parents are not the, the ones saying, hey, here's how you prepare for a test. Here's how, you, here's how you can do better in this sport. Or here's, when parents aren't offering that guidance, they just feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. No one's told me. And they get angry and, and they get frustrated. Uh, and there's other things that we can do too. Sometimes when we're being sinful, sometimes we make mistakes. Hmm. We can make our children angry. So when we do that, because we're, we're sinners too, we should, we should repent. We yeah. should say, first, God, forgive me. And then we should go to our child and say, you know what, I'm sorry. I, I was wrong, and, and please forgive me. Um, so he says that's what not to do, but then he says here's what to do. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Hmm. And um, the, the term for discipline there is talking about just the, an act of discipline. There's multiple ways to discipline your child. Discipline is aimed to get out to the heart. Yeah. Of, uh, as, as you know, Hebrews... Um, Hebrews 12 um, talks about this. It says, um, "It says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness hmm. to those who have been trained by it. So discipline is aimed to train the heart. Yeah. And, and, and there are different ways you can do that. There's multiple ways. Um, Dr. Swindoll has a, a great book on um, parenting from surviving to thriving. He talks about different ways you can discipline and 
you know, all, all those types of things. So that's very, I won't get into that. But, um, but then he said also in, in the instruction of the Lord. And that word for instruction really means to place on the mind. Mm. So there is a verbal correction that goes along with discipline. So it's not just, okay, you're grounded or you're getting a spanking or you're in timeout. That, those are all good measures of discipline, but it's not, it's not yeah. only that. There has to be instruction that we're placing on their mind. There has to be a verbal component. And so if we're not doing both of those, we're missing something. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not, we're getting, need to get to the heart and to the mind. Well, and, and something I've noticed with this generation is they, they need to know the why if they're going, if it's going to transform them, if they're going to really take it to heart, they, they need to know the why. They ask more questions probably, and they have access to more information than mm-hmm. any other generation. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't explain it, and if you're not willing to take the time to explain it, it's not going to take root. All you're going to do is have taken their phone away or yeah. send them to their room. Uh, that transformation happens when they understand what is happening, why you're, why why they're in trouble. You know, they, yeah. they need to know the why. And I think that's a huge thing for us as parents of this generation to be able to say, hey, mm-hmm. and they can handle it. They're smart. They have to deal with a lot of complex problems. They have to deal with yeah. a lot of things. Uh, and that is, is so important. So we've talked about th- these key elements, you know, capturing the hearts, creating a, a culture where we have an ordered relationship with the, the husband and wife. Uh, we've talked about this idea of making that marriage relationship the primary thing. Tell me a little bit about so what, are, what are some of the ways, that, the things that get in the way of building that home culture? What would you say are some of the, the traps we need to watch out for? Yeah, w- one would certainly be busyness. Yeah. You know, busyness, um, focusing too much on entertainment. Just, you know, what's the next show that's coming on? And you just fall asleep and, um, you know, you just, you begin going through the motions and you're not intentionally investing. One of the things my wife is great about at the, we're at the table or we're driving. She'll say, uh, if someone starts complaining, she'll say, okay, tell me three things you're thankful for. Yeah. And that just immediately changes the, the atmosphere of the car or the table. And it's just, okay, well, I'm thankful for the, you know, and it's usually, it doesn't sound wholehearted at the time. But it, it begins to change things. It so uh, just intentional conversation. Uh, we like to play games together sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, checkers or wh- whatever it is. We got into Clue for a little while or Mexican dominoes. Just those kinds of things. We like to do walks together, go to Veterans Park. So it's it's um, it doesn't always have to be, you know, okay, we're just going to stare at, you, at each other for an hour. And right. Tell me your deepest <laughs> thought. It's just. Th- that's Yeah, that's what I think people see. Like, we're going to do family time, which means we're just going to uh, make awkward eye contact for mm-hmm. the rest of the time and not make any memories. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, one of the, here at Valadale, you know this, uh, our people are learning this, is we're, our, our whole mission statement, our whole mm-hmm. whole picture is is we are generations helping our busy community yeah. know Christ and live for him. And and so we acknowledge here just at Valley, everybody is so busy. And yeah. you keyed in on that. Uh, it is hard and, and it takes time and it takes intentionality and mm-hmm. it takes energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's one of the things. Sometimes I just don't know if I have the energy to have that conversation to explain why that's not the best choice and what would be a better choice. Uh, but those are the seasons where I've got to figure out the rhythms of my life and make sure that I am creating pathways for people to, to yeah, to to hear that and to be able to speak into that into my kids. So yeah. I think that is fantastic. Well, hey, thank you so much for mm-hmm. spending the time. Uh, this has been, I think, really incredibly helpful. And like I said, this is the foundation. If we don't have that home culture that is yeah. built around God's word, if we don't have that intentionality in our home, then all of the rest of the things we're trying to do as parents is going to be undermined. It's just That's going to right. cut the legs right out under it. And so uh, this is fantastic. Uh, for those of you who are listening in here, we want you to know uh, that not only do we want me to hear this, but we want to engage with you. And so there's a, there's a, 
uh, email address, parenting at valleydale.org. We would love for you to send in any questions you might have. If, you've, uh, if, if this has sparked some kind of conversation, if you're like, I hear that, but I don't know how to do it, feel free. Just shoot us a quick email. We would love to do that. At the end of our, our little series of podcasts here, we are going to, uh, to have a, a whole session on questions that come in. And I think that's going to be really helpful, mm-hmm. and we'll have a chance to kind of engage with those. So we want there to be some feedback. So, again, parenting at valleydale.org. Also, you know, if you just want to say, hey, that you guys looked really cool sitting there, that would be great too. Uh, whatever. We, you know, encouragement is, is great. So uh, that, that is fantastic. We would love to do that, and uh, we look forward to uh, our, next, uh, our next session. And we'll, uh, you go back to your five kids, I'll go to my two kids, and we'll do the best that we can and rely on God to help us do the rest. That's right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening. We hope you found this podcast encouraging and helpful as you raise your child. If you have any questions, send those on to parenting at valleydale.org. We'll see you next time.